It's the Favorites Podcast presented by FanDuel. It's NFL playoff time, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. I love betting with FanDuel because their app is safe, secure, and easy to use, and because they're offering exclusive offers, boosts, and more all month long. And when I win with FanDuel, I get paid fast. Plus, FanDuel is now live in Ohio. So use promo code favorites and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Must be 21 or older and in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. I am joined, as I am for every episode, by my BFF, my companion, my co-host, my colleague, my compadre, celebrating 24 hours after his birthday on the podcast, Fresh as a Daisy, professional better Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon. <laughs> Hello, Chad. One of those birthdays I hated as a kid, but as I got older, it's it's pretty good time. I got Christmas, New Year's, and then my birthday. So it's a fun, fun three weeks. How'd you celebrate? Uh, worked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, luckily, I love my job and what I do, but I worked, then went to my favorite spot, watched uh, watched the game, and it was nice. I got to go to bed at halftime. So my birthday present to myself was a full eight hours of sleep, which I haven't had in probably four months. So it felt good. Sleep in, just lay in bed and do nothing, gave myself a little break. I was going to say, what did you do when you got to the place uh, once the first five minutes of the game were over? you had, it, was ready, it was time to go home. No, that's... The best feeling ever. People are always like, well, I like a good close game when I bet because I I, I like it to be fun. I, and I'm the other way. I want no sweat. Give me a blowout every time or kill me. Like I, if I'm on the TCU side, great. It's over. I can go to bed at halftime. I lost that bet. That was a bad bet. So I'm one of those. I don't like to be teased or sucked in and think I have any type of fate. I want to I want a quick death. So that was a, a nice win where you knew two minutes in, like you just said, if you were on the right side or not. I mean, that was classic college football. One team. I mean, you you won't see that in a championship game. You will never see, I don't think in our lifetime, a team win and they put up 65 points while the other team puts up seven. I just don't think that's possible. That was a very college football game of TCU, you know, on any given night, maybe. But that night, they played a team that there's a reason they have a bunch of one-star, I mean, five-star athletes. So that was just two different worlds. So uh, that was that was a good time watching. Georgia had freshmen that looked like they belonged in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. They just yes. did. Like they, they, they are, the, they could be yeah. the example of why you should just get rid of the rule that you got to be in college for three years playing in the NFL. Cause these were grown men playing at a different speed and a different caliber than their competition last night. A uh, couple things I want to get to. We're obviously going to talk about wildcard weekend. Great, great set of games, uh, seven games over the course of the weekend. Um, a few things that I want to do. I want us to a, Let's shout out the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell, <laughs> who just come to fucking play. And that game, by the way, the way the line moved played out exactly the way we thought it would. We waited and waited and waited for the Seattle game to end. Seattle makes the kick. Uh, we know the Lions are out. The line shot up, got up to five, five and a half. We said, play the Lions, wait for the line. I got it at five and a half. You got it, I think, at five and a half, too. Um, and, uh, they, not only did they cover, they won, but it played exactly the way we thought it would fucking love Dan Campbell. He's so good for the NFL. Love that lions team. They did everything we wanted to do next year. Might have to fade them next year, but that's yeah. okay. Love them this year. They were our team. As people know of the show, no one loves tooting their own horns more than us. So that was one of those weekends. 
much needed. Got smacked around uh, the weekend before, probably my worst weekend of the year, and just came out. And not that everything happened that we said, but like it was never ending middle dreams. Like that middle play of hedging Titans, that hitting. I love that because people can see what it's well, like. Remind people, pro. hold on. Not that people who are listening live on AMP or the podcast wouldn't know, but we were touting not just the Lions season win total. We were touting the Jags to win the AFC South when it was as long as 13 to one. We said up until yeah. seven to one, take it. We both bet that. Uh, we played the Jags. We we had that bet. And then we both played the Titans at plus six, six and a half on Saturday night. Yeah, and we got a, a very fortunate bounce. I mean, that was one of the louder screams I've had all year when he got strip sacked, and that bounced right to him. That's like Amazing. one of the, yeah, one of those moments. So that's the dream. And then that Chargers uh, Denver game. That's a definition of a pros game. A pro came in. Most pros came in on the Denver at a limited line of, you know, three and a half, I'm, three. Yeah, right. And that that was one of those where like I I took it at three and a half, took it at three. It went went to three the other way with the Chargers. We said we liked it at three. It was a rare time. I said I wouldn't. It's not like I was telling people to buy the point. I was just like, roll the dice and wait. Maybe I'll get up. Got very lucky. Charger went up to four. Uh, four and a half. I got it at four and a half on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. So I saw four and a half early Sunday morning. That's when I was like finalizing everything I was doing. It was just perfect middle play. Um, two games. Like it's always funny with. I don't want to call them informants, but you do get a lot of you get a lot of info from different teams, different things that get leaked, blah, blah, blah. And a guy I pay a decent amount of money to give me info. I was literally seeing red about to kill this guy because I'd bet my biggest bet of the day was Atlanta because I had good word that Brady was not going to play. And what happens for first drive? He comes and drives his field, scores a touchdown. I go, okay, no problem. Gets that first drive and gets the touchdown. That'll be it for Brady. Comes back out again for the next drive. And I, I'm literally like, I was boiling of like, this guy, again, pay a lot of money for this info. Told me that was a really good tip. Brady was going to maybe do one drive if that. Um, got lucky. Eventually, Brady got taken out. Atlanta came back and won. Same thing with that Chargers game. I was told good, good authority that we would not be seeing Herbert. They, dude, Dan played near the whole game. Like he came out, I think it was midway through. Whenever Mike Williams got hurt, I think the coach sharpened up and took him out, or it was like, he took some type of hit, like sack, but yeah, that was um, that was a dream, Chaz. Where you get double middles, and like you just said, we we hyped up the Lions. I gave out what our five would have been um, was a four on one, which was like again, we wish we wish our contest went longer. Where we always do pretty well in these last weeks. So nice out just for the fans of the show again on a four on one for picks, and obviously the show picks do good. I think our only bad loss was that Browns pick, so overall it was a good good end of the season. A couple things. Number one, that Falcons one, you came out of nowhere with on Sunday morning uh, because we didn't talk about it all during the week. Yeah, which I pay for. I give out the free people. That's why it blows my mind people bitch. It's like you don't even know what goes on behind the scenes. You you came out of nowhere with that on Sunday morning. You talked about it on Convince Me. And I've learned enough to know that just because we don't talk about a game during the week doesn't mean that you're not going to go heavy on it as soon. And like, as soon as I hear you mention a game, I'm like, oh, fuck, he loves this game. And sure enough, uh, you mentioned it on Convince Me. It's why people have to watch Convince Me uh, before uh, the games on uh, Action Network HQ, in the Action Network app, me, Simon, Raybon, Kroner. Gave it out on uh, my best bet article, which closed yep. the year at 71% for the season, all free. All you had to do Not was bad. Not bad. All you had to do was click on a link every Sunday. I was never worried about Brady in that game because they had said early in the game <laughs> he needed nine completions to and 12 pass attempts to like set some new season-long record for him. And so I just assumed, all right, he's gonna play until that happens. And it's basically what happened. Yeah. Um the Broncos and Herbert. We gave out Broncos as as the exact decision on Tuesday, plus three and a half. I decided, and I bet the Chargers plus four and a half. I decided I was fine if Herbert played because I would have bet the Broncos at plus three and a half at home against Herbert and the Chargers. Right. It was the middle of the season, right? Like, I just think the Broncos have a good defense. The Chargers don't play well as favorites. Like, I would have taken that bet regardless. So I found myself being okay with it, whether Herbert played. Recap. Foxhole was the Browns, lost that obviously. Simon says was the Titans. Um, ED was the Broncos plus three and a half. Big balls, Rams plus six and a half. 
Uh, I think you wanted us to be on the Saints, and I had to talk you off the Saints to go to the Rams at plus six and a half. Season-long scooch roulette came down in the final week. You had the Titans plus six. I had the Browns plus two and a half. So you are the winner on that front. Congrats to me. Uh, the Chicago Bears have the number one overall pick, thanks to Lovey Smith, former Bears coach, deciding to get fired and go for the win <laughs> instead of instead of taking the loss. Um, one more thing I want to do before we get into it. Well, do you know what year the last time? What last time the Bears had the first pick overall? I think it was uh, 1940. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the last time they were in contention was 1970. Lost a coin flip to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who drafted Terry Bradshaw. Chicago's been in that spot a couple times. The Bulls in 79 had a coin flip for the first overall pick. Lost it. Lakers got Magic Johnson. The Bulls got David Greenwood. That's crazy. Well, three years no. later, we got four years later, we got Michael. Uh, I would say as a Bears fan, it, it definitely broke your guys' way. Like this is uh... – that's, that was crazy. All the little things that had to happen for it. Where, where were you guys to start the year? Did you have three ones to start the year? Yeah. Or two? I think we lost. You went in two and one. It was something crazy like that. And you won one game the yeah. rest of the way. So No, we lost 11 in a row, I think. Longest Bears losing streak <laughs> ever. By the way, it was the greatest losing season I've ever had as a Bears fan. Like every week felt, after that, that Washington Commanders loss on a Thursday night, every week felt yeah. like, we were learning more about Justin Fields. We were still losing. He was giving us hope. You know your last win was, Chad? What? It's what knocked us out of our survivor pool. It was at the Patriots. Oh, Jesus Christ. That has to be it. That's crazy. So that was the last time you guys had won all season was when it knocked us out of survivor. Well, look, now we've got one of the youngest rosters in the NFL. We've got more cap space than anybody. We've got a quarterback we believe in. We've got the number one pick and don't need to draft Bryce Young. Eh, don't let people think that, though. If I was them, I would tell people we're happy to drive Bryce Young. The market is open, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last thing. We got to get to wildcard weekend. But September 1st of this year, we did a podcast before the season began in which you and I both gave our seedings for what we thought the playoffs would be. You go first. You give yours. I'll start for NFC. So I gave up for my seventh seed. I thought it was going to be Lions. Sixth seed, I thought it was going to be Cowboys. Fifth seed, I thought it would be Rams. Fourth seed, those would be the 49ers. Three seed had the Bucks. Two seed, Green Bay. And the one seed, the Eagles. So Eagles made sense for my one seed. Gave them out almost all summer about them being the one seed, having the easiest schedule. You go back and you look. It's shocking that uh, three teams from the NFC East made it into the playoffs. And that was my whole thing was like, we have a weak division. Just thought it would be Eagles and then maybe Cowboys sneaking in there in the sixth seed. Turned out. Easily the best division in the NFC. Eagles made it. Giants made it. Cowboys made it. Um, so my my big misses this year, missed on the Lions, missed on the Rams, obviously missed on Green Bay, the two seed. But looking back, I feel like most people are in line with that, that I, I feel like the general public like the Vikings. So I would say most people that would be their flipping was for Green Bay. But most people looking back would have had Green Bay making it. So um was right there, the Lions, for that final spot. Same with Green Bay. It would have been good either way. But Seattle, a true shocker. I, even if I think back, I, I guaranteed I had a couple bets. Seattle, worst record. I just was not a Geno Smith believer. So um, big swing and a miss on the NFC. Do you have your NFC ready, Chad? I do. I have uh, Vikings at seven. Nice. I got the, Vi- the Vikings. Got the Vikings. Cowboys at six. I had the Rams at five. So we're all taking a swing and a miss. On, <laughs> yeah, Super Bowl champs. On on that. Uh, I had the Saints at four. Mm. Obviously, you know what happened was, I remember as the season came got closer, a lot of wise guy love on the Saints season win total over. And so I was just sort of taking a flyer. Anti-Brady. Just a lot of Brady doubt. Yeah. I think you were, you were one of the lead, lead drivers of the boat, Chad. You doubted Brady. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I had the Packers at three. Uh, I had the Eagles at two mm. and I had the Niners at one. There you go. You're there on the 49ers. You believed in, Tre- uh, what was it? Tre- Trey Lance at that time? I, well, you know, I'm a, I believed in Kyle Shanahan and, and, Facts. and that's kind of been proven, right? Kyle Shanahan. It's like, they used to say about, about like Chuck Knoll, he can take yours 
take his and beat yours and take yours and beat his. Yeah. Like Bum Phillips used to say that. I feel like Kyle Shanahan could do that, right? He could take, like, he could take his the record. Roster. His record would disagree with that statement, though. He literally just crossed 500 win percentage this year. You know, I have an irrational love for the guy. I just <laughs> think he's brilliant. I do too. I'm just saying it's it's one of those where without Jimmy G, he hadn't done really much in his career. But Brock Purdy, I mean, I know we haven't talked about it much. We will obviously once their game comes up, but it's the craziest thing I can remember since I mean Ben Roethlisberger maybe as a rookie. I mean, the guy is five and zero heading into the playoffs. So uh, you want to do AFC now? Yeah, you go ahead. You start. All right, AFC. I did a little better. Uh, start the seventh seed. I had the Bengals sneaking in. Six seed Chargers, five seed the Bills, four seed Jaguars, three seed Miami, two seed Ravens, one seed the Chiefs. Obviously, the big miss I had uh Miami overtaking the Bills, winning their division. Bills are clearly cream of the crop this season. I mean, there was a couple games Josh Allen didn't play that well, defense picked them up, and vice versa. They were just what the Bills expect them to be, a very well-coached team, no doubt in my mind. Even if two was healthy all season, maybe I'm in closer battle to the end. That was the Bills' division. They're just they're just the best team. Um, Ravens, I feel like that was a smart pick even midway through the season, taking them to be top seed. Lamar got hurt. We just saw what happened. They fell apart. Uh, I had six out of seven. I think it shows you Damn. sort of how the class of the AFC and how, what a, how much parity there is in the NFC or – just how much worse the NFC is than the AFC. I had Chargers seven, Bengals six, Chiefs five. Uh, that was a big miss for me. Jazz <laughs> four. Here's the biggest miss. Broncos three. Mm. You've been teasing me all year about, about <laughs> my belief in Russell Wilson. I had Ravens two and I had Bills one. They're pretty damn good. Yeah. I, I'm honestly, I'm taking, I didn't realize I, had, I was selling the AFC. That's, that's shocking. But I literally look back now and it was pretty simple. I just literally took the best, what I viewed quarterbacks in the yeah. AFC. And it kind of yeah. played out that way where NFC, I mean, we've heard it at nauseum. It's wide open because there's no good quarterback. So uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly that's right. definitely the headlines going into these playoffs. All right. Well, look, uh, I thought I was taking the best quarterbacks too. I just assumed Russell Wilson was one of the best quarterbacks. <laughs> And he's still, right. he's sadly, me and Chad are going to be all in on Denver most likely next year because that's a great buy low team. Dude, the the luck ranking geniuses, Billy Ward and Nick Giffen and Sean Kerner, they're already in the lab figuring out like the best season win total luck ranking options. Um, and I'm already anxious about it. I Love can't it. wait. Yeah. Cannot wait. NFL wildcard weekend is here and the easiest way to get in the playoffs is with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, just sign up with promo code favorites. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. If I had a free bet this weekend, I'd bet... Tampa Bay Buccaneers, home underdogs. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. FanDuel is also now live in Ohio, so make sure you get in on the action with great offers just for you now and throughout January. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code Favorites make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL, must be 21 and over in select states. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. one 877 8 
Hope NY or text Hope NY in New York. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, first game we're stepping up. By the way, this week, reminder, we will do big balls, foxhole, Simon says an exec decision. Probably the last weekend of the year we can do it just because this is the last weekend there's enough games to do it all. So 49ers are nine and a half point favorites uh, hosting the Seattle Seahawks Saturday afternoon. I feel like this line's come down a little bit. It used to be double digits. Yeah, smart group came in and took, uh, took Seahawks for a lot of reasons, which I'll go over right now. But I'll say this before we go into the playoffs, same thing I said exactly last year. I am a regular season better in the sense that I use a model. When you use a model, it basically breaks down 16 games, and it's going to give you a couple games that really stand out on the best line value. How many games we got this week, Chad? Is it six? Yeah, yeah. it's six. But we just lost 10 games. Already way smaller. That's always say about college is the way to go. If you're going to bet a college, if you're going to bet football, college they are way more games. We have 16 games any week, every week. That's really tough. Now we just lost 10. Me and Chad have six games now to go through. Last year we killed it. I mean, I don't. I'm pretty sure Chad did better than me. I think you were 12 and three. I was 11 and four. Yeah. And our best bets for all these games. That's that was amazing. I'm not gonna puff my chest out and say, yeah, that's because we're that good. Last year, every game felt like it came down to three points. Like that was an amazing year to bet underdogs because we kept you know losing straight up, but we kept covering those dogs. So it's gonna be shocked to knowing. Like I'm looking at these lines this week. I'm on a lot of dogs and. If you want to go against my model, completely get it. Because instead of getting 16 games the model, I'm getting six. And that takes a ton of value away. So I always say to people, there's going to be a lot of discrepancy. There's a lot of pros versus pros in the playoffs. That's just how it is because there's just so few games. So um, a game right here, I like the 49ers. Really smart groups have come in heavy on the Seahawks. I mean, I mean what was that Thursday night game? I think they won 21-13 on a short week on the road, this 49ers team. The big reason for them is something that I'm going to talk about a bunch is this is the time to fade first-time starter quarterbacks in the playoffs. It's rare where you get a first-time starter quarterback that's a rookie. So you kind of throw that stat out because Gino is a first-time starter as well in these playoffs. So I my big reason, I know it's going to be the most public side in this 49ers team, is just that I've not that I've lost total faith in Gino. I just feel like it's been figured out. And I'm I love the story. Everything about it was great. But he had, what, two picks in that game against the Rams? Like, he literally looked anemic. And it was Baker Mayfield that kept him in it. He kept turning the ball over right back and giving them short field. So, Brock Purdy, an untalked-about story. I know all these 49er fans are literally pulling their hair out, I, especially ones at the end. They're like, why don't you guys talk more about how epic and how great this 49ers team is? And it's – I feel like what is there left to say? Me and Chad always talk about how great Shanahan is and how great this team is. So, I'm not going to let it scare me off the big number. It's like my – I really want to take the Seahawks. It's a divisional game. I almost always take the dog in a divisional rematch in the playoffs. But it's just everything in my body, everything just in my model as well. Like I make this game 11. It's telling me that's a good number then for this 49ers team. So I'm on it. But if Chad is on the Seahawks, I honestly get it. Like you're taking the divisional dog in this spot. It's just everything that Shanahan acts a purdy to do, he does. And then you're factoring McCaffrey in the rain, which you're calling for. I don't know if people are following this. They're getting hit by like, a once-in-a-generation tsunami right now in North, Northern California. There's bad rain, bad weather. Even more favorites, a really well-coached, schemed-up offense. And we saw last year the two-verse-seven the two verse seven seed's a big deal. The two-seed, just, just, I mean, Bills Bills and the Chiefs, you could flip. Either one could be the one seed. Eagles and the 49ers, you could flip. Either one could be the one seed. They're probably going to blow them the hell out. So uh, the fact that it's such a big number really doesn't scare me off of this one. I'm just – I usually change things up in the playoffs. This is one of those, like most people thought I'd be on the Seahawks. I did too. Model likes the 49ers and I like the 49ers. I think that's a good number, a good side. We talk about all season long and you emphasize this. You have to think about the circumstances and what's happening on the field late in the year as much as you think about the systems and the precedent and sort of how these games historically play out. Yeah. I never even considered the Niners here. I've kind of just been waiting for the number to go back down. I think the game opened at seven and then got bet up a lot. Bandle, thank you. They hung a six and a half. I don't know if they already fired that guy, but that was the worst line I saw hung 
got a penny down on the six and a half, got a decent chunk down at seven, another decent chunk of seven and a half. And they just said, forget it, moved all the way up to 10. So it's it's been 10, nine and a half since that opening number. But yeah, FanDuel, I would say they're the only book I saw open six and a half. Most books opened seven to seven and a half and got bet up to eight and a half, nine and a half, 10 and a half, 10. Yeah, I actually wonder if this might come down a little bit more. Right. But I like the Niners in every matchup. The Niners are dominant defensively. I think the Seahawks have been exposed. I think the Seahawks didn't win this past weekend because of Geno. I think they won because of mistakes made by the Rams. I think the 49ers are probably as good as the Eagles as a dominant team. I love the Niners in this spot. It's yeah. weird to say how much I love the Niners as a nearly double-digit favorite. No, no, I would say as an Eagles fan, I'm ecstatic of – People kind of left them for dead. I've heard a couple of bookmakers locally talk about the 49ers come to Philly. They got them pegged right now as a one-point favorite. So the 49ers are, I would say, the highest hyped, most liked team right now in the NFC. I mean, it's very, very good vibes when you have a guy step in and start 5-0 and in his career. So it's we're going to see him have a meltdown game. It has not happened yet. Like this kid in every game, whatever they ask him to do, like that Raiders game, their Raiders put up a ton of points. This kid kept the offense in it, so I don't know what to make of it. I'm telling you, it's like Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger stepped in with that Pittsburgh team as a rookie, and they had a great defense and a great run game. The rest worked itself out. It's the same thing here. It's like they just have all the pieces there. All that was missing every year is that uh, quarterback position. So, yeah, John Lynch could end up winning executive of the year, Shannon coach of the year, just an incredibly put-together team 49ers. So they deserve it to be 10, deserve it to be 9.5. They, they deserve that respect right now. By the way, the rain is one thing that makes me a little squeamish about betting a huge number because there's so many agree. Uh, so many things that that could go wrong. Chargers opened as two and a half point favorites. This line has moved aggressively on the road at the Jags. It's now down to pick plus one. Why do I like the Jags here? That's all that's all your buddy Simon there making that line movement. This is one of my uh Oh yeah? Yeah, just been betting it since it opened. Just been betting this one. Another game we got coming up where couldn't fight it. Like, as soon as I saw the line, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what they would do. They would make the public darling Herbert, the the guy with the more wins, the team that, you know, everyone's looking down on this 9-8 and eight Jaguars team a little bit um, just because Trevor Lawrence didn't play well in that game against Tennessee. So two and a half was egregious. One and a half made a little bit more sense. Now that it's a pick, this is what it should be. This game should be a pick. You could still find one and a half if you're listening live. I'd grab it. Or if you're a coward, you could throw in a teaser with something. Um, you could tease it with the Bucks. That'll be a game we'll coming up. Just It's just a good number on a team that I, I like this Jaguars team. And we already talked about it earlier of the coaching matchup to me is the biggest difference in this game. I have a coach in Peterson. I know exactly what I'm getting from him. He does gamble. But when he gambles, it feels more sound and like the reasoning behind it where Stanley does it, it just seems like madness and chaos with this Chargers team. So um, I feel like not enough's being made of the Mike Williams injury, how big of a deal that is to a team that, you know, having two receivers that are that dominant and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, we saw how that kind of flipped the Chargers season when they both came back. Like that's that's a big deal to that offense and to Herbert himself. So don't have much info on that yet, but I know with the Jaguars side, they – I think they're down um, – might be an offensive lineman, but overall, they're pretty healthy. Right receivers are healthy. Travis Etienne's healthy. And we saw – yeah, Bosa got a little banged up in that game. He came back in, but Bosa's a pass rusher. He's not really a run stopper. So, to me, that's where this game is really flipped, where the Jaguars are actually pretty good against the run. We saw against Derrick Henry. They took that away. That was pretty surprising. Um, the Chargers – not so much. They still have big, big issues stopping their run. So when these two teams played earlier this year, that's what the Jaguars did. And Doug Peterson knows that. You go back and watch the film, he ran a lot of run pass options. So you got a quarterback in Lawrence that can run and a running back in Travis Etienne that's incredibly quick and fast through holes. It's it's a nice matchup for this Jaguars team. So makes sense. If you look at the charts right now, the public, all the tickets are coming on the Chargers. The money is coming on the Jaguars. That's pro money, betting this number down. So if you do like the Chargers, you might be able to wait. You might be able to get a better number if you can't find a pick yet. I do think, like Chad said, it'll keep going down towards the uh, toward the Chargers in this matchup. It's kind of interesting to me that the Chargers would open as favorites. Like, 
anyone who watches football got a record. Sees, yeah, but anyone who watches football can see the Jaguars have gotten better, better, better and better over the course of the year. Yeah. More fundamentally sound, more comfortable in the offense. And now you see the way Doug Peterson is coaching them. He it's almost like they've been layering, 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 right? They're opening up the full playbook in ways. Whereas the Chargers, there's so much variance. You don't have any idea what Brandon Staley is going to do. And sometimes he likes to frame it, I think, publicly as he, and I'm not saying he does this on purpose, but it yeah. gets framed as he's so crazy, it's genius. But sometimes I think it's reckless. <laughs> Honestly. I was saying, do you want to, you want to do that Fox or should I make this Simon says because the line's moving? I feel like it's got to be Simon says because the right. line is moving and you're going to lose the value soon. Back, yeah. So grab the one and a half if you can. That's that's a good number. Simon says, Jags plus one and a half. When Simon says do it, we do what Simon says. Let's talk about the Dolphins visiting the Bills. You know, the Bills are interesting. Past few weeks against the Bears, against the Patriots, big numbers, eight, seven and a half. And they don't look good for 50 to percent to three quarters of the game. And then like all of a sudden they're up 10. <laughs> they're up 17. They're up 21. Like they have built a massive lead and pummeled the team. Yeah. No, they've been good against really bad teams. And I feel like we can all, most, most of us can be in agreement here. Miami, not that good of a team. It's uh, got issues right now. And the biggest issue is there's no Tua. Like Tua, for all the critics and everything, everyone knocks him. He was running that offense really well. So would have loved to take Miami here. I mean, we just saw Bill's team let the Patriots run all over them. Uh, that's kind of been an Achilles heel of this Bill's team this season. Very fortunate with two kick returns in that game that kind of made it impossible for the Patriots to come back. It's just you got Mac Jones already down 14 because of two kick returns going against Josh Allen, who's just in another level. It's just never going to work out for that Patriots team. So I wanted to take Miami, but – can't do it. And I mean, there's a bunch of reasons, but I, I try to keep it simple, stupid, especially in the playoffs. Um, quarterbacks making their first start. What is it? Since 2001, since 2002, they are 14 and 35 against the spread. So Skylar Thompson, whatever this dude's name is, most likely making his first start. So the, the three guys that fit that would be Jones, Skylar, if he is the starter, and Huntley, if he is the starter this week. So Obviously, Daniel Jones' first career playoff start. Last year, we had three guys make their but first. Also, but by the way, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, this is against other quarterbacks that haven't started. Got it. So, okay. basically, those guys can't see so they're out. Same with uh, the other game we just talked about. Where, yeah, Brock Purdy and Geno Smith. Yeah, haven't played yet. So, it's only when they're facing quarterbacks that have played it. So, last year, obviously, Hurts. Um he got crushed. Kyler Murray got crushed. And Mac Jones got crushed. So that's a big deal. A QB making his first start in the playoffs against a quarterback that's been there before, kind of knows the speed of it and the difference. That's a huge number. Like, this is what's killing me. Like, same with the Seahawks, where it's like, these are divisional matchups. It's the third time they've played each other. What the hell am I doing? Why am I not taking the dog? But it's just... Between the quarterbacks and the coaching, I think in both matchups, there's big discrepancies. And, you know, give, give Pete, Carroll, Pete, Pete Carroll all of his credit for what he's done with the Seahawks team. I, I I love what Mike Daniels did, but he doesn't have the weapon, which was Tua, which was the reason they'd won all those games. And they lost five straight games. I mean, the Jets gave that one away um, in that matchup against Miami. They just won't have the same opportunity against this Bills team. I thought that was the game. The Bills were going to have a letdown in that game after everything they had gone through that whole week. Thought for sure the offense would sputter. They'd have issues, everything. It's like, how's your head in football when you're thinking about your brother who's still in the hospital? This week, none of that. All right? It's just a completely different beast. They've had a week to get over it. Just the Bills at home, Orchard Park, and this matchup, man, it's 
just thinking about it makes me get fired up. It's it's just a no-brainer take the Bills here. Um, hopefully, you can grab a 10. I do think 10's a key number. Not crazy about getting the 10.5, but if that's what it is, that's what it is. Um, I make this number up to 13, so I do think you're getting good value here. But once again, me and Chad just talked about it. It's, it is not like us to be taking such big favorites, but it's, it's playoffs. It's different. I was going to say, I'm looking at this board right now, and I do feel like there's a lot of stuff that's different for us in this game, in the in, in this playoffs. Like, we're going to talk about – I agree with you, by the way. Love the Bills here. I think yeah. I think that it's the exact right time to be betting them. The next game is the Giants and the Vikings. Of course, we'd automatically want to take the Giants. Yeah. But I don't feel that way. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it because I'm right there with you. It's like, I feel like this number should be three and a half. The books don't want pushes. They are not here for pushes. So them hanging this number, I don't know what the hell they do with it. Cause I feel like you're right there. Right. Like they're scaring me off taking the Vikings cause it's three where it's like, all right, I'll just take the giants. Last time they played it, it was a three point game, right? The Vikings won on a last second field goal from 60 yards away. I'm just going to go off what I just talked about, that 14-35 quarterbacks making their first playoff start against a quarterback that has not played – that has played in the playoffs before, and Kirk has played in the playoffs. He's been in these scenarios before at home. Got to do it, Chad. It's just a good number. Like, I'm, I'm begging them to give me a two-and-a-half with the Vikings, but they're not doing it. They're keeping it at three. The money in the tickets for most people right now is on the Vikings. So, you if you are a Giants better, maybe you get the three-and-a-half, but – um, definitely one of those lines I'll just watch all week. I haven't bet it yet. Just going to wait yeah. and watch. Maybe it goes a two and a half. Maybe it goes a three and a half. If it goes three and a half, I'll probably be sucked in, take the Giants. But two and a half, three, I, I like the Vikings. I'm 100% waiting on this game. Right. Me too. And just, I don't, I don't feel rushed. I can be patient if it stays where it is. You know, it's the opposite of how you feel that a lot of the games we've been talking about, whether it's the Niners at nine and a half or, the Bills at 10 or 10 and a half, or even the Jaguars at one and a half, which is still available at FanDuel. I just bet it using a quick slip on Action Network app. No advantage here. I either want the three and a half or I want the two and a half. Yep. The Baltimore Ravens just signed Roquan Smith to a $100 million deal with $60 million guaranteed. You told me <laughs> and Matt Mitchell that before we came on the air. Obviously, as a Bears fan, I loved Roquan Smith. Didn't hate that they didn't re-sign him. But this Ravens defense, since he joined has been unbelievable. And here's a few stats that Evan Abrams sent me that I read on uh, Green Dot Daily. I say read because it's basically what I did. Read on Green Dot Daily, our daily show, Action Network app, Action Network, Action Network HQ. First nine weeks of the season before Roquan Smith joined the Baltimore Ravens on October 31st, Ravens were 10th in DVOA against the pass after 7th. Ravens have allowed 132 total points since week nine. Uh, the first Roquan game, second fewest in the NFL, San Francisco, just eight passing touchdowns. And since week nine, allowing Patrick Queen to move over and get into a different position, three sacks amongst linebackers, that's fourth. Queen and Roquan together, 19 QB pressures since week nine, third most amongst linebacker duos. Also their DVOA against the versus the rush improved from 20th to third. I love the Ravens defense. If I can get anyone other than Anthony Brown, it's hard not to play them against the Bengals. I, I'm completely throwing out the last game. It was an, a matchup where both these teams knew they were going to play each other. I feel like the, the the Ravens kind of fell on their sword where it's like we're playing our third stringer quarterback here. Like we're not going to beat a fully healthy Bengals team. But the game they did play earlier this year, obviously it's different because Lamar played in it. It was a 1917 absolute battle. And it's just a back and forth, slug it out fest. That's exactly what we're going to get here, people. And that's what's hilarious. All the money, all the bets are pouring on the Bengals. That is so risky to me. So risky. This this matchup screams trap. Everything about it is a trap line. Uh, the fact that the bookmakers hung it. They literally hung it Sunday without knowing any information on Lamar. They hung a six. Pros came in. I know a couple of really smart guys that came in, took it up because they were like, this is going to run up to seven and a half, eight. And they didn't. It moved to half a point. They moved to six and a half, and it's just been sitting there for almost 72 hours now. So you better really do some soul searching if you listen to this show and you instantly bet that Bengals team. You should know better. Uh, this, this, this is one of those lines we don't do here. And 
Chad nailed it. It's going to be a defensive battle. Not enough people are realizing that the, the Bengals have lost key guys on that offensive line. That's going to be a big deal against a really, really tough front that this Ravens runs out there. So looking at this matchup, go ahead. Tease, tease Cincy. I think I still think Cincy wins. I think they advance. But I think this is going to be a three-point game. The fact that it's six and a half makes the books tell me it's going to be a six-pointer. Maybe it goes to overtime. Whatever it is, the books are really staunch on their belief. The, the Bengals will win, but they will win this game by six. Please, everyone come in and bet this Bengals team at six and a half. So um, interesting move by the bookmakers. Uh, Fading my own model as well. My model has this at seven. So that means the, the value right now is on the Bengals. I just do not trust it. It feels like a, an incredible trap line and a really tough AFC North division that's just always a battle, especially in the playoffs. I love it. I love it, Chad. This um, this to me should be our Foxwell. How do you feel about it? I love it. You know me, regardless of what's going on, I'm a foxhole guy. I commit to a team. I commit to a city. Uh, I'm a foxhole guy. Love it. Love it. Want some more of it. Was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> yes. Ravens plus six and a half. And I will say, like. Pros line by far. Pros line of the week. It's truly only pros are betting this Ravens. The pros in the books. That's who needs the Ravens. It stays the same if it's uh, Tyler Huntley. 100%. I feel like it moves up if it's Anthony Brown, and then I'd probably stay away, and it goes if down if it's Lamar Jackson. If it's Anthony Brown, it's the same thing we did last week when Nathan Peterman was named the starter against the Vikings. You buy out of your position. If it, even if it's a shit number, you buy out of your position. Just get peace of mind. Yeah, so it would be brutal, obviously, if you lose both. I, don't, I can't see that happening with that kid. So, um, to me, turn on, turn on your alerts with Twitter, whoever you follow that gives you your NFL update news. That would be a big deal if it's not Lamar, if it's not Huntley. If it's if it's a third stringer, that, that would be pretty terrifying. But I honestly would probably let her ride. I probably wouldn't buy out my position. I'll just hit I'll just hit the Ravens if they get up to 10. I'm just it's whatever to me at this point. I just believe in what Chad just talked about. I just believe in this defense. I believe in their run game, the coaching, everything with the Ravens. I just love this spot for this team. This is one of those where I'm gonna dig in and I'll bet it all week, most likely. Um but like Chad just said, I'm not going to bet too much yet because I really want to know what's going on the quarterback position. We're on a Tuesday. We will know for sure by Thursday or midday Friday if Lamar is going to play. If he does not practice today, tomorrow, Thursday, it's a done deal. I just don't see Harbaugh letting him do a walkthrough Friday and then playing in this game. So um, wait and see if you like. I just grabbed the six and a half to be safe in case it was Lamar and this drops down to six. All right, so the last game on the board, the Monday Nighter, Cowboys visiting the Buccaneers. Um, I want to say that I loved this game when it was plus three yep. for the Buccaneers. Those yep. threes, I'm looking right now, that's why I'm sort of hesitating for a second. Those threes are no longer available. It's two and a half across the board. And by the way, it's headed towards two pretty fast. I'm looking at a bunch of different books. It's reduced juice at every book, plus 104 at FanDuel. It's uh, plus 100 at another book, plus 105 at another book. So you're not going to get that two and a half much longer. I still like the Bucks here though, because I don't trust Mike McCarthy. I think he's a bad situational coach. I think Dak Prescott has not looked uh, sharp since coming back from his injury. Picks in seven straight games against a pass defense that is really good. So that alone, and I don't mean just like yards. I mean, yards per attempt, sacks, top 10. They're just a sound pass defense. And Tom Brady, all of a sudden, is setting records again at 45 years old. And in week 17, the last full game he played, threw for 430 yards and had his full complement of receivers. And they looked amazing. I'm getting a better quarterback, a better defense potentially against in a matchup. And by the way, the Cowboys have given up like 27 points a game the last five games against yeah. not very good quarterbacks. No, it's Jad's right there. That's what's so that's what's brutal though, because we talked whatever it was, nine this morning. I I said there's only one game I wanted to give out right away early in the morning was that Tampa game because that line was gonna move. And that's what stinks. Like we had to wait for the show, and by the time we do our show, the line's two and a half. It's like yeah, would still take it, but it 
feels weird because I know me and Chad, we both got three. We've been betting the three, and I'm going to still take the two and a half. But, yeah, if you if you miss the three, you can take the two and a half, but it might keep dropping. You'll probably just end up taking their money line anyway. So, for this matchup, Chad nailed it. It's You're basically back in Brady against a really, really, really bad secondary. And all the weapons are back. Like, Godwin's fully healthy. Evans is healthy playing, and Goblin in the slot's going to be a big deal. Mike Evans outside is going to be a big deal, but that that to me is going to be one of those things of it's going to be Brady versus that D-line of the Cowboys. That's what, if you're going to back the Cowboys, you're not backing them because you're just like, oh, Dak should tear them up. No, no one's got faith in Dak anymore. He uh, he tied the league in interceptions, and he missed, I think, four or five games. Like, that's that's a bad season. Um, I know he's no got his good, defense. Simon. No good. <laughs> I know he's got his defenders, but facts are facts. It's just that he's put in a really good situation with a really good offense that Cooper Rush was able to win with. Dex should be playing better. He just hasn't been. So we knew weeks ago this matchup was going to be what it is. We talked about it. We knew we were going to be on Brady. Brady's career. It's the stupidest step, but I love it because it just it means something. He has never lost to the Cowboys. He's seven and zero his career against the Cowboys that was crazy they hung a three I I I think they hung it because they expected the the public to forgive the Cowboys on laying such an egg against Washington but no one is like people do not trust this Cowboys team in the playoffs everyone knows all the jokes and the memes about how irrelevant the Cowboys have been since the 90s like they're just a team that performs well in the playoffs and then let you know let things go wrong in the playoffs same with McCarthy that's why I never will get the hiring it's like you're hiring a guy that he had won one Super Bowl on a year that Aaron Rodgers was having out-of-body experience. Like, if you go back and watch that tape, um, it might have been 2011, Rodgers was out of this world good on that offense. That was nothing to do with McCarthy. He doesn't have that in Dak. Like, there ain't no having the coming insane run here with Dak. Dak is going into this playoffs as low as one can feel. Like, he completely laid an egg last week. So, me and Chad hate it. Like, if they would have blown out Washington, we would have got three, three and a half on Tampa here. That would have been a gift. Would have been amazing, but they loaded total egg. We don't care. We're still going to take the value. This line's closer to minus one for the Dallas. That's what I make it. We were getting free points here and just an overreaction of the Bucks are bad, but like Chad just said, they're not as bad as they were in the middle of the season. They've gotten guys back. Their defense has gotten healthier. The offense, the offensive line's still bad. I'll give them that. They still have a lot of issues offensive line for this Tampa team, but they have the wide receivers now. So I don't know if it's going to be quick passes, whatever Brady's going to do. You're getting one of the most clutch quarterbacks in football as a dog at home against one of the most unclutch quarterbacks and coach in football. So a um, little foreshadowing, this most likely will be one of our big balls bet uh, next next show. But we want the three. Give us a three, bookmaker. So hopefully it gets back to a three. I'd feel more confident in taking that three. Six games, as you noted, this weekend. We have uh, three dogs that we like. Two of them home dogs, Bucks and Jags, short home dogs. Ravens, we're betting the six and a half right now. Yeah. And then we like two huge favorites. <laughs> I know. What the I fuck? Uh, but hey, in our defense, they're both home. So we're not we're not some psychos taking big favorites on the road. They're both home. But two yeah. huge and I feel like in this round, that's where you might see stuff like that. Yeah, just in general, though, like I saw last week, I had a lot of people reach out. Um, I basically was on an island taking the Chiefs against the Raiders. Like someone sent me, everyone in action had taken the Raiders, and I was the only one that didn't take the Raiders. And I told them, well, I don't feel too much confident. I'm just betting the number where I think it's a good number. And it worked out for me. This following game, the guy, same guy messaged me, goes, all of you guys are on the Titans again. Should I go to the Jaguars and fade you guys? I was like, dude, it does not work that way. You can't just keep blindly fading people. I was like, that does not work long-term that way. And that feels like the same thing with here where we regular season would probably be taking these big, these big dogs if it was the middle of the season, but it's the playoff time. And we've just seen head coaching and the quarterbacks. It's just, it's the big reason these lines are what they are. So uh, to me, don't feel great about taking those big favorites, Tad. Um, I would say my favorite bets right now are those dogs we bet, but I do like the bills number. I think you're getting good value and same with the 49ers, both numbers. I, I model out as a good value. So uh, I do feel confident right now betting them. Would you put fewer units on the big favorites? No, but I'm more likely to take a coward move and tease them. Like I hate doing teasers for the most part because I do you do lose value for the like long term taking teasers. But 
that's one of those where I can't fault people if they tease these two or they tease, um, you know, the Bengals down and tease Tampa up or tease the Jaguars up and tease down the Bengals. Like there's just a bunch of good teaser options this week because if you take it down from the 10, you're taking it through the seven. That's the reason you're teasing it. You're just trying to cut it, get it down through the seven, which obviously is a key number. When these two teams played on that Thursday night, the final was 21-13, the 49ers and Seahawks. Like, teasing that number down, whatever it was, that, that 49ers team worked out for those people. So, um, to me, I'm not the biggest teaser guy, but playoffs, I completely understand why people tease down these numbers. What do you have the Bills, Dolphins power rated at? I know you have the Jet, the Niners, Seahawks at 11, and the game's at 9.5. What are the Bills, Fins? With Skyler, that's what I, I'm assuming it's Skyler. The two two could happen. Like seriously, people keep bitching about it. They're like, how can they allow this to happen? It's an independent doctor. It's literally someone not affiliated with the team that he will go and get cleared by. If he's able to play, Miami will play him. That to me is the difference here. Where if this number kind of feels like it will drop if it is Tua, um, if it's Skyler, and if it's definitely Skyler, I do feel like it's gonna go up a little more. So with Skyler in there, I have it at 13. With Tua, I got all the way down to eight and a half. Wow. Tua's worth a lot. Okay. Just for sure compared to uh, Skyler, who's their third yeah, yeah. stringer. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Uh, Foxhole. Uh, we got the Ravens plus six and a half. Simon says Jags plus one and a half. Exact decision. Bucks plus two and a half. The choice between the unthinkable and the impossible. Now you have your orders. Execute them. Executive decision. We also lean Niners. We lean Bills. We're waiting on some movement for the Giants and the Vikings. It is weirder having a much smaller slate this week. I know. Our Thursday show is going to be like 25 minutes. I'm sure Matt Mitchell loves that. Yeah, right? Exactly. (laughs) All right. This has been the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman. He is Simon Hunter for producer extraordinaire Matt Mitchell. Download us from Apple Podcasts, from Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. Leave us five stars. Feedback is a gift. Listen all the way through. You must, you must, you must listen all the way through. Until next time. Love you. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.